Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I do hope you had a great week. Ours was pretty good up until, um, I should say the weekend, um, until Monday when we actually had a little bit of a uh, water problem. Um, the lady upstairs was washing clothes and her uh, drain part of her washer uh, was loose and it was pouring water in her apartment area, but it was dripping down into ours. So we had to wait uh, until like we had the guys come in they looked at it they figured it out they fixed her issue in a lot of ways but they had to put a fan in so i couldn't do my podcast because we had this huge loud fan that was just overwhelming that it would just been static in the background and so i had to wait and also our air conditioning wasn't work so the guys were in and out constantly anyway so that's why it's been postponed until today um all that got fixed you know god was really cool and and having these guys do like they did an excellent job and um i am grateful that they got hired within this last year or i should say last fall and they've been doing a fantastic job um otherwise uh, everything would have been kind of normal and you know we are still looking for a place to rent um i've reached out to a few places but man companies that deal with like the third party companies that basically manage the sites their ratings are just not that great and so it's been kind of hard because there's been like some houses that we are just like man we can we can afford this rent it'd be all good and it's in a good location and but the companies are just yeah you know so if you guys could pray for that i would love to find someone who's more like a private renter that we could just deal with directly and not have to go through a third party so uh pray for that and then we're also in our countdown so we have 27 days before we leave so yep we're gonna be heading to georgia and we're hoping to be northwest side so today guys we're going to continue the beatitudes i'm titling it i'm um, excuse me i'm titling it pure hearts seeing God. So this idea of pure heart can have tons of different preaching teachings. Like there's like, you could spend hours just kind of creating different ways to understand pure hearts. And I actually, it's probably one of my favorite themes it's it's a theme that God has definitely placed on my heart a lot of times. And a lot of it is because of David or King, and King David, you know, David, his whole story was always one that I guess you could say inspired me or was one area, especially as a young man, especially, you know, in my 20s. Psalms, King David, his whole life, his story, his wrongs, his good times, his, you know, the blessings and struggles, everything about David was something that just, it related to me as a young person. So I spent a lot of time reading in Psalms. However, you know, as you grow older, you become wiser, you learn a lot more things, you got your experiences, you got, you, you could see how God kind of molded you and moved you that you could always keep learning even from the same area over and over again and you know we've been going through the beatitudes and and verse 8 of matthew 5 is blessed blessed are the pure in heart 
for they shall see God. And the most important part is directly in this, in your head, as you go and listen through this, pure heart equals sees God. The Greek word for pure is katharos. It means to be clean, blameless, unstained from guilt. So looking at the verse again is basically saying, blessed are the clean in heart, blameless in heart, unstained in heart, where they will see God or they shall see God. Now, many people struggle in their walk. They, they're always wanting to figure out why does it seem like I just can't see God? I can't understand. Like, why, why does it seem like my relationship is not working? And a lot of times it's because they're not seeking out ways to cleanse, repent from their heart. Now, we've had this discussion over and over and over again. However, it is a huge urgency for us as men to recognize when we sin, our hearts are not pure. Which means that our walk with God is not pure, which means that the way we see life, the way we speak, the way we act, the way we approach things in our life is not going to be purely godly. It's going to be influenced by our flesh and our, our own personal desires. But there is a difference of wanting to be pure. And also what I see a lot of us do and kind of excuse the idea that yes, we sin. So therefore, as long as I do the ABCD stuff of church living, then I'm okay. That's not what chasing after being a pure heart means. God is far away from us or we don't feel connected with God because there's probably parts in our walk that we're either ignoring, that we're bypassing, we're choosing to not want to build that relationship anymore and we are listening to basically whatever issue we're in. That's why it's actually very important to be in fellowship with other believers. That fellowship allows us to have that connection of encouragement, kindness, you know, love, prayer. Like there is so much importance in the church fellowship that is needed. However, today we find it, it's actually harder for some people to find those relationships. I mean, I've been burned before and I know what it's like to not feel like a church is helping you and it hurts and it feels empty. You feel lost. You feel so distant. And so you try so hard to quote unquote be Christian. But after a while, when that fellowship is not fellowshipping with you, it, it, it seems like it's harder to see God or to see our walk because all we see is that we're so hungry for the, the relationship that we've lost the relationship that we're supposed to have with God in our walk. We got to remember it, it, it. It's all about God because I, I I'm saying this because I have not really had very good close friends in my life for a very, very long time. 
God has brought certain people in my life who have been amazing, but I would love when we move to find a couple guys that are physically there, not just on the online culture, but are physically there that, you know, if I need prayer, you know, we could just go get a cup of coffee or just go fishing or, you know, just sit at the park and just talk and go through you know, the struggles that I'm facing or they're facing and we could pray over each other. Like I missed that. I had that the one time I ever had something similar to that was actually in college, my one year at Maranatha that this one guy and I for six months, we every single week or I don't know if it was every week or every day, we try to spend like half an hour with each other and just pray together, talked about scripture and just kind of encourage each other to keep walking. And that was, that was huge, you know, and I am grateful for what he did because he was an older student and he was just, he was like helping me grow a little bit that year. So anyway, going through the understanding that just doing the Christian part is not what being a pure heart person is. we have to start breaking like last week we talked about allowing or actually it was about two weeks ago that we talked about allowing God to break us well once we're broken we need to also be allowed we gotta allow him to to, to clean out to, to gut out that trash and clean us out it's it's changing your life but then it's also now imitating God. Now we go to Ephesians 5, 1 through 13, and I'm going to go just for the first part. It says, uh, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see... What I love about that first sentence, and, and if you pay attention, that first verse, it says, therefore, be imitators of God. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, as beloved children. Now, that made me go, boom. Do you guys remember when you were younger, we wanted to imitate either it was our dad or a man who really impacted our life, cartoon characters, superheroes, TV show characters, movie characters, whatever it may be. We wanted to be like that man. And what did we do? We dressed like them. We talked like them. We walked like them. We acted like them. We did everything possible to be them. So we're supposed to be doing that with God. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be God but the striving desire of our hearts is to cleanse out the guck and walk with the Lord. And that means we got to understand or learn about him, right? That means we got to have something that we're, we're studying. Because the thing is, if you don't go and study then how are you supposed to know about God? It's like any relationship. When you meet somebody, you 
take the time to get to know someone. You take the time to spend time with them. You take that time to understand them enough so that you know the do's and don'ts. And because you want them to love you, but God loves us already. So what is it for us? We're supposed to love him. And if we love him, we will do what is right. We will seek out righteousness. We will follow his commands. We will hide his, his word in our hearts. You see, we are supposed to be imitators. And now if you go to verses 3 through 13, that's all about removing the gunk and trash that keeps us from being pure. Because it talks about, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So in other words, you... <laughs> You should not be doing any of that stuff and saying, oh, I'm a Christian. That, that should not be part of your walk. That should not be seen as part of your walk. That means any of you guys who are living with your girlfriend and sleeping with her and having sexual relationship with her, you are a sexual immor immorality and all impurity, and you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. And the answer is either get married or you separate and she has her own place or with friends, you have your own place or with friends until you guys get married. And I know it's hard because the one of the things is like, yeah, but the, you know, apartments are expensive and there's no way she can afford it. And I can, no, I can, but the thing is then you, you got to sacrifice the whole uh well if we were in the, in the same apartment then you know we could afford it and we're all good we'll just stay in our own rooms temptation is always going to be there and, and don't use that well we've already done you know we've already done the deed and there's no point yes there is because cleansing as we talked about having a pure heart it means that there is an undoing or a cleansing that happens and if you don't want to wait that long, then just go get married. Yeah, but she, you know, she wants a big wedding. You know, we want to have everybody. Yeah, but you chose to, to be with each other. And you didn't do it in a proper way. Verse 4. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking, which are, are out of place. But instead, let them there be thanksgiving. Bad language. You know, we gotta watch out for gossiping. We gotta make sure we're not doing crude stuff. It, it you know, it, it's hard when you live in a culture where it's pretty much there. Especially any of you guys who work in construction, I know what it's like to be in that world. Um, or any type of job where there's a lot of dudes, especially if they're very worldly. But there is a time that you need to stick up, and that's the time to stick up. Remember, I talked about. Uh, you know, the guys kept on wanting to go to Hooters until my my manager finally just said, can we go somewhere so that Dito can come with us? Because he saw how I acted, how I treated people, and how I stood up for what I believed in, while those other guys were purposely doing it because they're basically mocking me in their own little way. 
especially the one guy who always you know who sat next to me um he did it in a passive way and that was one way he would do it like let's go out and hang out together and then he goes let's go to hooters right right after you said that because you know i wouldn't go so the thing is we can stand up for truth. We can do what we're supposed to be doing. We don't have to join in the conversations. We don't have to join into the crude joking. We don't have to be like them because we're not supposed to. It's still in your hands. You're choosing. Verse 5, 4. You may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, so chasing after things that take the place of God, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. A lot of times, the reason why we're struggling is because we are allowing some type of sin in our life to have hold. And therefore, we're in an act of disobedience Therefore, the relationship between us and God is really weak, severed, or confusing because he's trying to get us, hey, you need to change your life, buddy. You need to get on right with me. You need to start walking with me and doing what I need you to be doing. But you're in what in verse eight in darkness still. However, in this verse, it's talking about for at one time you were in darkness, but now you're in light in the Lord. So the thing is, when we're following the world, it is in darkness. And because of what Christ did and because we accepted him, we're now in light. Walk as children of light. So that is a vital part because walk as children of light means imitating God, being, you know, chasing after God's heart, going after things of God, following God's word and, and having that be a part of your life. You know, watching your mouth, watching what you hear, watching what you, how you treat people, um, being of good character, upright, you know, having be a man of integrity. And yes, we're not going to be perfect in every aspect and we're going to fail many times over because we're going to. You know, Christ died on the cross for our sins and we accepted. And yes, he breaks that chain of bondage that we had, that enslavement to sin. He was the only one that was going to be perfect. And our true cleansing won't happen until heaven. Sancti being sanctified. Okay. Verse nine, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to God. See, there's a connection to pure heart. Is also a form of pleasing to God. So when we were little, we remember like, you know, our parents said, you know, behave and they give you the eye when we go over to Mrs. Jones's house. You misbehave, there's a consequence, right? So if we're supposed to be pleasing to the Lord, it's like pleasing our parents. They're, they're supposed to be that example. So they ask us to behave. We behave. If we don't behave, then there's going to be a consequence. Right? So 
same thing. If we keep walking, if we're walking with the Lord, you know, we will see the Lord. We'll be able to see him do amazing things in our life. And even in our struggles, we'll have faith. And even when we're having a hard time, we will trust. Like there, there's going to be this confidence that's there. So taking on this idea of understanding, right? So we keep going and it says, uh, verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of things that they do in secret. But with when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Like there's nothing that we're doing that can't be visualized or visible to us. You're struggling, ask God to reveal what it is that is causing the struggle. Is there a sin or something that we're not doing right? You know, let him be able to show and he will. This is why that this is so important. You know, only seeing God on Sundays in that one Bible study is like having a relationship with somebody where you only talk to them twice a week and then you're expecting to see change. You're expecting to see growth. You're expecting to see a relationship. But the only time you really spend time with God is church time. And then you expect to have a pure heart. Let God cleanse you. But then you also got to imitate. You got to start walking the walk. You got to start living the change. You got to start removing things out of your life that be causing you to not be able to see God. Because you haven't truly cleansed out your life. Think on that. We're going to take a quick break. Let's continue. Okay, so, you know, I always, like I t said in the beginning, you know, I always think about King David and I go to that, that, you know, Samuel is like sad. He's been mourning Saul and, and God's like, okay, Samuel, it's time to stop being upset about Saul. We need to choose, excuse me, we need to choose a new king. And Samuel is like, okay, fine. So he follows God, gets to the family of Jesse, and he's just like, man, look at these sons. You know, look, look how strapping they are, how strong they are, how, you know, everything, you know, all this good stuff about it, about them. And God's like, nope, nope, nope. And then he's like, well, you know, Lord, he doesn't seem to have any more sons. And so he asks Jesse, do you have any more sons? And, and, you know, Jesse's like, oh yeah, I have my, my youngest David. He's out shepherding. He's like, oh, bring him over. Right. So when he sees David, God's like, there you go. Sam was like, you know, probably thinking like, Lord, look, look at these other guys. I mean, strong, tall, masculine. This is just a kid. And God tells him. Stop looking at the appearance of people because I look at the heart. I see their desires. I see, I see what they want and I see their walk. You see, God sees 
what you care about more in this world, in your heart. And it's interesting because some people, you can hear what they love most in the conversation too. And I know this is probably going to be a little bit of a jab, and it may feel uncomfortable hearing this come out. But I think sometimes we put several things in our life as more important than our walk with God. Our jobs, our children, and our hobbies, and even our wives. I know that's not going to sound very uh, like, whoa, 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 we're supposed to love them. Yes, but however, do you choose things for your wife and your kids over things that you know that you're supposed to be doing with God? Do you choose your job over God? Do you choose your hobbies over God? See, it goes back to the idolatry concept. You're supposed to love your wife and you're supposed to love your kids and you're supposed to see them succeed. However, when I start hearing where it's like they don't do anything anymore but the kids, you're, you're, that means you're now put your kids on a pedestal above, you know, leading your family, you know, doing stuff for the church, being a part of your community, um, working with other men, praying with them, discipling with them, um, getting more invested, at, you know, in your job in the correct way, sharing the gospel. Because like I've, I've seen throughout the years, people that I've known where it's like, you know, Billy has this and that, and they're just jumping to the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. They put their whole investment in their children when they should be teaching their children how to be leaders and how to walk and who, you know, who God is and, and to live that life. And so it starts affecting, like, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying don't allow it to affect your walk. Because if your your if your whole world is just around your children or your wife, you're, you're not spending time with God, even though that's why Paul even said, you know, when you get married, you're going to have split time. It's going to be harder to serve God. He didn't say stop serving God and focus on your family. He said it's going to be harder to serve God. Because your priorities are going to be split. My question is how much of the priority splitting is mostly for family things and not about God. I think there's a a difference in what I'm trying to say. I'm not like, I know some people are like, oh, he's telling me like, I need to stop doing stuff with my kids. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. You need to think about it. How much time is spent uplifting your family and, and how much time are you really spending time with God? Your walk. Because you can do all that with the right balance and you're spending time and you're growing with the Lord the way you're supposed to. And you'll be a better leader when they go and do all the activities. And you may have to cut some activities and not have it be overwhelmingly filled where you literally have zero time to grow in your faith. And not and going to church once you know once a week 
is that's not what I mean. So anyway, I'm sorry, there's a little bit of a tangent, but just kind of came through. Um, David is why I, you know, I, I love the perspectives of David's life. And I spent a lot of time in Psalms. And you'll learn very quickly if you spend more time in Psalms why God chose him for king. Even in his failures, he repented. God forgave. He had consequences. Even if we fail, we can get right back up. We can repent. But there'll be consequences. We get back to seeking out God. God will still use us. It's not the end because you failed so many times. You're not done. You can get right, get on track, and start moving. Like There are stories of pastors who were into the worst of drugs, living the life that... You know, you would think, man, I would never do that. Got clean, got right, are now pastors of churches and walking with the Lord. It's possible. You know, one person's testimony that most people probably would never know is um, Robert Morris. If you go sometime, look up his testimony of what he used to be like before he became a pastor. You see, God can take people out of the gunk swamps clean them up and get them on track you know David killed somebody and stole someone else's wife God forgave he got so blessed doesn't mean that David was something like perfect no he sought repentance because he wanted to be cleaned again he wanted to be pure again and we could still do that you know Psalms 24 all you know it's the whole chapter it's 1 through 10 it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. Think about that for a second. My sinuses are starting to act up because allergies are up today. You see, when we see those, when we see that that verse, that's the important verse to me. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. In other words, he won't be like this world for one. He won't live a false life, and he won't be deceptive so not being a pharisee doesn't play the part of the christian isn't someone who dresses up like he is this like he's walking upright and but then the rest of the week he acts however he wants this is someone who is willing to give up all that trash or is willing to allow it to be cleansed and then he is walking with the Lord, so he doesn't appear to be false or deceptive. In verse 5, it says, He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God of Jacob. And then he has the word Salah after it. 
Whenever you see the word Salah, you, you, what you're supposed to do is go back and reread. Not just the verse that it's connected to, like right next to. It means go back to the beginning and reread it again. And then you reread it again. The idea is that the writer wants you, which is David, wants you to rethink what is being said. Meditate on it and think about it. Verse 7 says, Lift up your heads, O gates. And be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. It's the law. See, the thing is, it's a willing heart that's allowing God to cleanse that we will be able to be God and seek God it is very vitally important that we understand that if we are not really doing what we're supposed to be doing, we're being deceptive. This is why the whole church culture trying to fit into this world is not right. We're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be sharing the gospel message, whether it's by our words, preaching it, teaching it, or talking about it, or living it. Do you remember I've used that statement? If someone were to say, oh, um, like, find out that you're a Christian, they're like, oh, I never would have known you were. That's not a good thing to hear someone say, because that means they're not seeing a Christian person in how you act, talk, see, or you know, walk, how you treat people, anything. That's why I always tell people, you should be who you are at church, who you are at home, who you are at work. It shouldn't all be different. You should not be putting on different masks to fit into whatever. That's why I'm saying, you know, I've worked in the construction world. I know the conversations. And if you're jumping in it, like you want to be one of the guys because you want to quote, quote, fit in, then you are basically surrendering yourself to a cultural issue. And allowing yourself to be like them when you're supposed to not be like them, you're supposed to be the salt and light of in, in, in that area. Because if we are seeking a pure heart, then we're seeing God. If we're seeking the world, then we're not going to see God. So now we go to Psalms 9 through 16. Verses 9 and 11 are the two vital verses that I wanted you guys to think on. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? It doesn't mean this is just young men. It just means men in general. I will say this, men in general. However, this is a king, an older king, talking to basically teaching the younger crowd. How can a young man keep his way pure? And the reason why he's using young man is because we know when we were younger, our hormones were all over the place. So how in the world did, could a young man keep himself pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. So right there, there's a few things. Guarding, seeking wholeheartedly God, and not wandering away from God's commandments. God's word, God's truth. 
So one, you know, we talk about, you remember in first Corinthians, you know, the verses that we use, first Corinthians 13, 13, 14, 15, I think is what it is, you know, be on guard, right? Being on guard is also here. We're supposed to be on guard. That means knowing the culture, knowing what's going on, paying attention to the truth. So we know the truth so that we can, we can, we can see the lies. Have discernment, which means if we're walking with the Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to be right with us. It's going to be pointing out, hey, you know, Bill, something not right here, buddy. And then you go, okay, Lord, show me what it is that's not right. Okay, I can see it now. Okay, we can't be a part of this. This is not the right way to go. And the only way you can truly do that is if you're wholeheartedly seeking after him. And then when you're seeking after him, you don't wander from the truth. To try to find truth you don't wander from his teachings to try to find other teachings that can maybe mask or help quote unquote help you because you might find a lot of good quotes and good teachings of people who are of the world but a lot of that connection is going to be coming from the truth that they're just passed down differently and a lot of times you have to be careful because a lot of those teaching are about self-help are me, 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 me. I can do it. I can fix things. I can change things. I can get better. And and, and you're not trusting in God. You're not allowing God to make you better. Now we go to verse 12. It says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes, which is once again, God's truth, the Bible. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. So in other words, my mouth is going to be declaring the truth of the scriptures. Verse 14, in the way of your testimonies, I delight. Delighting is such an interesting word. We should every day delight. You know, we talked about Turkish delights, right? Last week. Delighting is pleasing. And in, in, in the ways of your testimonies, I should be pleasing you as much as in all the riches. So, in other words, how much we crave to be rich or wish we could have lots of money, we should be craving God on a daily basis like that. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts. Precepts is also like statutes and commandments. It's all God's truth and understanding. It's, it's all that. So you meditate on your pre, on his precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. So you're taking, <clears throat> once again, you're taking God's word and you're not just hearing it, but you're living it and you're walking it. In verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Verse 11 <clears throat> is the one I, the reason I skipped it because I want to focus on that. Verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, the key thing about a lot of this is that verse. A pure heart sees God. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're not walking with the Lord we're in disobedience to his will because we're doing our own thing 
disobedience is sinning against God. If I'm not storing his word in my heart, then I'm storing the world in my heart. And if I'm storing the world in my heart, then my heart is not going to be pure. It's going to be of the world. Which then I won't be able to see God. Which most likely means I'm sinning against him. This is why that verse... That verse should be above every screen in your on your monitor to remind you that whatever you're doing should be something that you have memorized in your head and that you know your kids should know, your wife should know. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is why it's super important to spend time in God's word. Jews would put God's word in a pouch and then wrap it around their head and there would be this pouch in the uh, forefront of their head because they wanted God's word to be there because they meditated day and night. Meditation is not doing the um part. Meditation is actually looking through the scriptures over and over again and and thinking about it and and studying it and learning it and thinking about it and studying and learning and thinking about it to the point where it's like a part of you. That's why they put it on their head because they wanted to be a part of them. So this is your opportunity, guys. This is the day that you can sit there and you can go, okay, Lord, I said, I'm willing to break. Now, Lord, I want to imitate. I want to delight in you. I want to meditate on your word night and day. I want to store your word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. I know I will fail. I want to be pure hearted. I want to chase after that because I want to see you daily. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you use this podcast to glorify your name above all. I pray that it changes hearts because your word is alive and it's powerful like a two-edged sword. It can cut through whatever it wants. My mouth means nothing to what your word has to say. I pray that men today if they have already said, yeah, Lord, I want to, I want to be broken. I need you to break me. But now they're like, I want to follow you. I want to follow you fully and, and wholeheartedly seeking after you and your word. Give them strength, courage, desire, trust, faith, whatever it is that they need to not be passive or afraid. Take that step forward. Pray in Jesus name. Amen. Guys, have a great week, and I will see you next time. God bless.